Scotty, 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 Scotty. I'm here, Scotty, John. Scotty, Scotty. Wait, wait, did you just answer? Finally, you know, I've been sitting here for more than a week going, Scotty, Scotty. You know, people, neighbors have come by and thrown things at me. My child just tells me, shut up, old man. But I've dutifully sat here. Do you know, John, it's, it is possible to have too much of a good thing. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> Does that mean we... I felt, I felt I needed to ration myself to you. Well, thank you so much for doing that. But more importantly, thank you for participating this morning. I've missed you, Scotty. Oh, and I've missed you too, John. And our, and, and our personal listeners don't know if they've missed us. Yeah, I don't know, because I don't know how long the rotor goes for um, uh, the partial listener. I'm not sure if, if the episode doesn't come out because we're incompetent or lazy or maybe sometimes have valid excuses. Um, do you have to then do the next week or do you now get away with it for a period of time, i.e., seven years one month i mean it depends we might have one partial listener which means now we've met more than one which means you have to do every uh yeah every week it's just only you're only half listening every week our one partial listener mm, mm, don't know oh i hadn't i hadn't actually even thought about that where somebody's like okay well i'll listen to the first 10 seconds but you have to listen to that middle 10 seconds Maybe maybe it's different. Maybe there's a, maybe it's two people and one person listens to me and one person listens to you. I don't know. Well, okay. Instead of like talking about about how the mechanics of our partial listeners listening, why don't we give them something to listen to that's meaningful? Go ahead, Scott. John, let's go into the John's meaningful segment. Well. Uh, let's see. Uh, I was all start, all ready to start gloating, saying, "Hey, I'm I'm you know pushed my last changes to the repository. It will go out next week, but I had to push something out one more week because uh, the screenshot te- screenshot test I had, uh, created to test dynamic type on this canvas um, revealed some problems at the largest sizes with Arabic and Thai." And uh, I've, I've, I've now fixed them, but I, I wasn't able to get it fixed in time. Um, so it was a, a sad news, but glad news. Would you like to know some of the gory details? John, the gorier the better. Make it like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre 4. Okay. It's like version of the details. Okay. That is basically all that is basically all of the movies, I believe, isn't it? Isn't that haven't you just done a, a ten second um overview of however many Texas Chainsaw Massacres movies there were? However many there were, it was that many too many. I am. Probably. Well, in my ongoing quest to 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 enable dynamic type on on a, you know eventually all canvases in the app, I I started working on you know a, a probably the most complicated, absolutely the most complicated canvas in our app for lots of different reasons. It's called the display page, and that's where you know an exhaustive amount of detail about any given title is exists. And it has lots of different components, which are swapped in as needed, depending on the title. Is it, you know, just a standalone movie? Is it an interactive title? Does it have episodes? Or are the episodes kind of is a limited series? There's this all sorts of, of different, you know, uh, you know, edge cases, really, especially handling all the different markets, you know, which have somehow some have, you know, specific copyright requirements or, you know, content advisories and whatnot. And, um, 
we have a couple of components which have traditionally been very, very complicated, but I found a simpler way of doing it, um, which made me happy. And I mentioned that, I think, uh, last time we got together where I'd taken two components that had been constructed using a stack view to contain multiple text labels and, in fact, converted them just to single uh a single uh, label using an attributed string and using text attachments. And so all that's great, grand, and wonderful. Um, but one of them, uh, which is the one of the first things that you see when you show the display page, um, involves uh, either a, a match rating, saying we believe that this will match for you at, at some X percentage, or if you've already rated it, it shows a rating for it, which could be a thumbs up or a thumbs down. So we have uh, an icon font that we've had for a long, long time, which contains a lot of glyphs, um, including the the thumb up and the thumb down. And, um, you know, we also have custom fonts. And so our custom font for Arabic and Thai, for example, you know, really... um, are beautiful. They they and and a lot of effort and time was put into it, um, and you know those languages support very very high ascenders and descenders, um, and so they're 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 effectively they have a taller line height than 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 many other fonts that were are needed, and so to get everything to line up properly when you're mixing and matching two different fonts and and also text attachments takes a little bit of doing to be able to figure out you know, uh, what's needed to get everything to, to line up vertically properly to, to do calculations using the ascender or the line height, um, and then also to scale it for dynamic type and, and make sure that the images scaled nicely. So it's a lot of detail, um, but it finally got it working, which made me very happy. Um, and then the other thing, too, about working with dynamic type, you know, you try to avoid cheating as much as you possibly can. And I, I've seen other apps just kind of, um, uh, it just kind of say, well, we'll let people adjust it up to a certain size, but beyond a certain size, we're just not going to go there. Um, and that's unfortunate because part of the idea about dynamic type is it's an assist for, for people who, for instance, have super sharp eyes and want things smaller so they can have more dense displays. So you have to respect that range. And then for people who just want it a little bit larger because they find it easier to read. And then it also helps people who have profound low vision where if you have type that is really, really large, like almost looks comically large, it's actually legible to them. So it's a difference between somebody be able to, to, to read something or not at all. And um, so, you know, sometimes it's very easy to scale type to the largest sizes if you got something like a you know, scrolling text, uh, you know, a multi-line label, for example. But there, there are oftentimes there are designs where you have images and the the label that describes them, like the the runtime of a title, for instance, or an episode title, you know, is is placed in the design in such a way that there's a limit to how far you can scale it before you know it just it it there's no way to kind of make a visual association one to the other. So that's one of the the trickier things I found with with working with dynamic type, um, and there are different approaches you can take. Um, and anyway, so and and the other interesting thing I've, I've noticed is that in order to do testing for this, I I basically turn on the dynamic type um, control panel item because it's the only way to quickly change your 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 type and see what what the application reacts, you know, how it reacts. Because the other thing too is that oftentimes for performance reasons, you may want to aggressively cache the the size of particular layouts because if you've got a complicated layout, uh, maybe you only want to measure it once for the lifetime of the scroll view and cache that so you don't have to do that. But you go ahead and, and change an element and bump up its type. You have to, to know how to bust the cache. So there's 
there's just an incredible amount of detail that uh, that that is quite gory. Um, but when you get it right, it's kind of astounding. It's kind of stunning. Um, and it, it, what I've definitely found is that it's much easier to think about this in the beginning. And so um, this has prompted lots of conversations amongst designers about saying, here are some questions to answer when you're thinking about a design. And, and the top of, of mind is what happens when the type that you specify needs to be scaled you know, up to three times in order to make it legible? Can you make the design adapt? And if not... You know where should we make compromises, and if so, you know let's let's make sure that the compromises really um, are 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 valid. Anyway, and that was my gory detail for the week. Well, I mean, this is this is the thing with um with this stuff, isn't it? I mean, in, in principle, if you're just uh, doing a, an app with just text and all the text scales to the same amount, then you know things. Yeah, you know, it's I'm not saying easy, yeah. but it's that's you know that's like the the perfect scenario. Right. Yeah, but you know, once once it's working with images, it's annotation text. I mean, I've you know, been doing some stuff with annotation text on images, and you know, you know, what do you do with the image? Do you now scale the image as well? Because maybe the image scaling doesn't work mm-hmm. so well, or maybe whatever else. And it, it just becomes there is no, oh yeah, just implement that and it all works. Yeah. So yeah, that's um that's uh good good notes for people because I suspect you know one of the things is a lot of apps just don't even support this the, at all. I, um, you kind of understand why when you see how complicated it is, and I think that that yeah, and I think I think in apps where I mean you know in, in the apps where it's done and it's done well, it really it really is useful. Um, yeah, I, I guess yeah, I, I would say probably an app like the Netflix app is one of the most complicated apps to have it in because you are really such a a rich media UI. You're not you're not even a traditional sort of text with a few images, right. you know, table view with a few images. Or I, I guess maybe you're you know. Your your list of movies sometimes you know, collection view or or, or you know, table views are more that way, but you know you have a whole bunch of of sort of like Chrome and elements on the screen that all have to interact and changing any one part of it affects everything. Um, so yeah, so I can I can really um so firstly bravo for even trying to make hmm. it work, and even if it's not perfect, I'm sure those who need it will appreciate what it does yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that I found uh, really helpful was hyphenation, because a lot of times at larger sizes, especially if you have like a one or two word title, um, if absent the use of hyphenation, it's just going to end up either you decide to, to, to scale the type size down or if you don't do that and you have multi-line tables, then uh, multi-line uh, labels, then what will happen is is it will <laughs> it'll end up just breaking it maybe on the last character. So it can look really weird. Um but hyphenation is an interesting thing because the only way to do it is to use an attributed string. So you can't just say, please hyphenate this on, on a label. The only way to get hyphenation is to create a, an attributed string. And so then that becomes a little bit tricky. But I added it as a, you know, to a, the subclass that we use. So that helped a little bit. Um, and But sometimes you don't want to use it. So, you know, it, it, it's it's something that you can do after after the fact, after having set type on it or set the text on it. Um, yeah. But the the other interesting thing, but I should let you talk because I have a second thing to talk about. But I want to give you a chance to get a word in blunt for with with using blunt force. Well, I've been having um, last week. Uh, I had a release of a, a client app that I was doing, uh, so that was lots of hours. And then, uh, and uh, we won't even go. I can't really go into that. I had a few issues. Um, around it but i don't think i can really talk too much about that without revealing clients information which i, I don't want to do 
Um, but with that wrapped up, uh, I've gone back to uh, fix some issues and small changes in, um, in another client app uh, that have been put on hold because I've been working on the other stuff. And so this is my first time back into this code base for six months, probably. And it, this is a reasonably complicated app. No, it's probably slightly above a reasonably complicated. It's a complicated app. It has a a quite a complicated UI. It deals with some complex data and a whole bunch of complex business rules. So it is a um, it's a Mac app. Um, so this is a, a a fully fledged app. This is not the you know, something, and it does some reasonably. Um, yeah, I, I'm trying to be careful with what I say. So basically, we have complex data that has to be shown on a screen in a in a reasonably structured but quite complex way, and you know that data is variable, so the app doesn't necessarily know what it is all the time. So the 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 process of taking raw data in in it that's arriving in a a, a very raw form and translating it to something that is graphical on the screen is a reasonably uh, complex process but the data is um schema driven so you need to be sure that it's you know you don't if this you know sort of sub data can only work in these parent types of data and so it has a lot of schema validation going on there as well and um, so it's quite complicated with a, a model and then a um, a reasonably complex business layer and then a presenter layer and then the ui itself um, lots and lots of attributed strings being rendered everywhere for different things, uh, as you've just said. So it, it, it's it's quite a big app uh, in Work Subway. And of course, I've not been in it for six months. And it's like, you know, it, it's this, it's coming back to this thing, even though this code is reasonably well commented, um, it, it's not perfectly commented, but it's reasonably well commented. And individual uh methods have comments in them and it has a reasonably good test suite case with it as well there is this whole when you're dealing with that method this this whole thing of yeah it's i I know what that method does and i know what this method does and but you know i really can no longer remember how the whole (laughs) thing fits together properly (laughs) and and the path that this works through and it's just um it's really just revealing uh to me that going forward apps such as this um they should have a a reasonably thorough tech overview in a readme somewhere or or something that just explains like you know this is the way the model interacts with you know the presentation layer this is how the ui interacts with the presentation layer here's here's the rules here's the here's the edge cases because you know let's face it you know more, normally, at least fifty percent of code in an app is dealing with edge cases, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, which may happen five percent of the time. Uh, you know, so you know, I think that's a you know, it's a made up stat, but fifty percent of your code is to cover five percent of cases uh, that maybe you know are not even common five percent. Um, so yeah, so I've been and because I've been trying to fix a bug which is reasonably um, in depth and would have always been a a reasonably hard bug to find um i mean i have found it i found it today um but it's uh it's yeah it's just been an interesting exercise in saying to myself you know there is a chance you know there is a chance that i won't come back to this application for another six months so if i have a day on my hands now or i find a half day somewhere you know what can i do to to make my return next time easier 
Um, and the easy thing to do would be write up, write up uh, a whole bunch of stuff that's just affecting me this time. But of course, if the bug is in a different part of the system next time, <laughs> well, I guess over time, if you did that every time you experienced it, it would get there. So yeah, this whole and this isn't because the code isn't commented or there's no test cases to to demonstrate how things work. This is more of a big, big picture. Which obviously, if you're writing a small app with you know a little bit of JSON and one table view, and then that goes through to a a, a detail view, you don't really need a big picture summary of your application because you know it hopefully it's hopefully fairly obvious. Um, yeah, so uh, I don't have an answer to this yet. Of course, there's always the well. Is it justifiable, you know, billing a client for, you know, a day's work or a day and a half's work in order to, um, you know, in order to make sure that if I happen or someone else happens to come back to this code in six months time to do another big fix, it doesn't happen and then convince people. So there's always that, uh, which maybe if you're um, uh, an employee, you maybe have a little more freedom in that, although often in fairness, employees have a little less freedom <laughs> in, in, in that. So, yeah, so there we are, folks. If you are if you are writing if you are making complex decisions on the way things work then document it in your app just because one day you may not be working on it every day and it is quite easy to forget this stuff especially if you go off and then work on other apps and then come back and do whatever else so therefore i'm learning i'm learning my lessons of um uh, 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 of uh, that i already knew but you know it's always just put it to one side put it to one side put it to one side um and there we are so i've been paying paying the price of returning to complex code bases this week john uh, but i do feel quite glorious that i have um managed to it, it, it's one of those things that um you know it, i've been working this code base for sort of maybe the last three days um not full time but on a, you know, most of the last three days uh, i would say the the changes i need to make have turned out to be maybe changes in five or six lines of code um you, you know this is the, this is the nature of our profession isn't it that uh you know um three days work is turned into you know typing maybe you know, 200 characters <laughs> exactly. somewhere but the right 200 <laughs> and, characters and being and being being well paid for it so um there we are the <laughs> the irony of uh the irony of software development yeah and yet you know when if a trades me you know, and, and i feel the thing is i feel quite pleased with myself that i managed to work it out and do it and yet i know Let's take a, a different trade. Let's take an electrician. Uh, say there was a wiring problem in my house, and an electrician uh, came to my house and he went through all through my wiring and my switches and my fuse board and everything else. And after three days, he found the two cables that were shorting each other out and put some connector in that that, that fixed them. You know, I'm sure he would be there thinking, I'm really pleased with myself. I, I'm really, really pleased with myself that I've tracked it down in this house and done it. And yet me as the customer would be saying, three days, four screws, yep. <laughs> this bill, yep. really? So I'm trying to look at it from the client side as well. Totally. Uh, and it's not like, and, and it's not like, you know, I build this client and then move on in whatever else i do a lot of work for this client so it's not like i have to try and stretch things out to get money from this client there is a big stack of work i need to do so actually it's better for me if it's more efficient and done it as well but there we are the 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 um uh the the uh um oh brain isn't working the tension between uh celebrating my success and being embarrassed that i had to spend that long doing it indeed 
Well, Scotty, can we can we shift gears and talk about working in the future? We can. We can. So, um, you know, I've been playing around with Swift UI, um, as I, th- I think everybody has. Um, and it, you know, especially when you're when you're, you know, <laughs> coming from uh, have, using UI kit, you know, during during the day and then kind of like, you know, your fun thing, your fun project, your personal project and on the weekends or evenings or whatever. Um, you figure, all right, let's try the new shiny stuff. And, and Swift UI is definitely so much more fun to work with. But you 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 see on on the one hand, they, they, they solve problems just because they're doing things longer. They kind of Apple, I'm sure, can look at the types of problems that they themselves have to solve with their apps or what third parties have to do. And buttons are certainly one of them that, you know, kind of the, the UI button class, um, it, you know, it. It's it, it's obviously pretty good for the the simple cases. It just works, but as soon as you start to try to say like, "Hey, could I have the you know? Could I have a vertical stacked button? Could I have you know that 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 you know?" I think you, UI button almost more than any other class is the one that launched a thousand subclasses, or some of which may actually well a thousand subclasses, but some of them may be just UI control subclasses. They're not you know UI button subclasses because you just decide that you need a lot more flexibility to be able to handle things so it's very very complicated and then you start using swift ui and then you say okay what does a button look like there and like they did something that you wish ui button had (laughs) you basically get the the basic attributes the basic you know uh uh whatever kind of api of, of of the button but you really wish you could just kind of slide your own view into it to be able to do whatever it is that you need to do. And that's, of course, what a Swift UI button is. You define the button and anything that exists be in there. You want a you know, vertical stack thing? Great. Put a V-stack in, go to town, put whatever you want. The, the button itself does not care. Its job is just to contain some view and to be able to pass along a message somewhere or to execute code when, when, uh, you know, when something gets clicked, tapped, whatever. Um, and so you think, oh my God, life could have been so much easier in UI kit world. Um, but that's the thing. It's like UI kit's been around for a long time and you just can't go around breaking things. And, and who knows, I'm sure that there are plenty of performance reasons that they had to, to do things, which, which makes sense because you have like, imagine a scrolling feed. Each item has to be incredibly efficient if it has to draw itself many times or, or, you know, whatever. Um, but the other thing that I found interesting about Swift UI is that it's it's just incredible magic until it's not, and then when it's not, that's a little bit trickier on how to do it. And 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 what I found interesting is that, you know, Apple tells us with 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 good reason, you know, we want you to use it because for for one other for 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 one big reason is that we'll take care of so many details that you may not be aware of or just that are really hard to do. And one of those things are things like accessibility, which is not only about you know related to voiceover, but of course dynamic dynamic type support. And then you see how they do it. And then they say, ah, well, now, you know, by default, we're going to do a bunch of choice, make a bunch of choices that to me seem very strange. Um, and so if you want to be able to, you know, scale the, the, the type all the way or to be able to make the button grow to, 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 to the size that's needed, it may not do exactly what you want out of the box, but fortunately it's easy enough to make changes. But the other experience of, of, of playing around with, with, with Swift UI is like, Oh my gosh! I, I have to kind of bow down a thousand times to to hacking with Swift, and like and and I'm you know <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes, but everybody knows where it is. You can't do a search on Swift UI and not get some results, uh, and it's incredibly helpful. Um, so that was that was lots of fun. So I was able to to 
make some changes to my little passion project um, in short order. And, and it's like, I cannot believe I could do this with so few lines of code. It was just, it was, it's just what you want for a kind of passion software where you say, there are no edge cases yet because maybe I haven't shipped and I don't know yet. But right now it's just lots of fun to work with. Uh, Swift UI is definitely still in the realm of if it works, it's great. Um, but when it doesn't, you're pretty stuck. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and I think to expect to be able to do a Swift UI application without maybe dropping back to AppKit or, or UIKit at some point is probably a little naive at the mm-hmm. moment. Um, yeah, I think the closer you stick to the... It, it's pretty much the same as if you... If if you're the if you've got an app that you would normally write with UIKit standard controls, then you can write that app very very easily in SwiftUI a lot easier than you will do in 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 um, uh, UIKit. But you know if you were about to do lots of customization and all the rest of it, yeah, you're probably in for a little bit of a hard time. Yeah. But then again, I've not I've not really had time to to play with swift ui that much because uh because i'm mainly working on mac software um for the vast majority of the time and of course swift ui uh didn't come to the mac um it has only been on the mac in, since um 10:15 was it uh, i think it was 10:15 but of course people tend to be far more conservative with the um OS is a support on the Mac, whereas people on the iPhone are quite happy to push for the very latest release, or sometimes, you know, or probably more common the latest minus one, um, which obviously means Swift UI is um uh yeah, is usable there. You know, people do tend to look for supporting back as far as they can. And that's mainly on the Mac. And that's mainly because hardware, there's more range of hardware and hardware drops off the map a bit more so for example with moneywell um you know i think we're uh, we we haven't quite decided where we're going to uh hit next is 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 the release target but sometimes once you say well you know um you you look we always base it on looking at what the hardware support so once we say once we move into the next batch of uh, you know a whole range of hardware disappeared we might as well go to the maximum os in there and i think right now you'd have to go to 10.15 to support swift ui but the original release of swift ui in 10.15 for the mac really wasn't very thorough i mean it was a lot more availability on the iphone and it really was only with uh, 10.16 or 11 so as we're supposed to call it and big sur that the mac swift ui uh, became um it became more you know um, up, up to date and usable so really, I suspect for for Mac software, you know, assuming we're going to see a new version of Mac OS um, this year, and I'm really interested to see if it's Mac OS 12 or Mac OS 11.1, because um, now they've crossed that 10 barrier to 11. Is it going to go like iPhone OS or whatever? Um, which basically means, you know, 10 one, uh, sorry, 11 one or 12, you know, back to 11 is one back might make it usable so hopefully over the next 12 months my swift ui um uh involvement will get higher of course they may do something so amazing in swift ui this year that i say okay we're just going for the latest because it's just not worth you know i think ideally i'm sort of waiting for when i can satisfactorily start a universal app 
that is a, a you know one app for the iPad, the iPhone, and the Mac, where Swift UI handles the UI, and you just have different bits in it, and it's not quite. I don't think the Mac is ready for that yet, personally. Um, and I'm sure there are lots of aspects of iOS that aren't, but the Mac definitely isn't ready for that. But yeah, uh, anyway, that's a long way of me saying I haven't played with Swift UI that much, so I I bow to your superior knowledge. <laughs> I like that, Scotty. Well, now that we've gotten to the the bow down and to express uh, you know aspects of being worthy or not worthy, it could be time for us to bow down to our uh, fractional listeners and give them give them a break for this week. So, Scotty. Uh, if people want to uh, encouraging you, encourage you lovingly to come into the fold of Swift UI and, and all things delightful like that, how might they do that? You can lure me in with with many erotic gestures on <laughs> the place for erotic gestures. Oh my God, Scotty! <laughs> Ouch! Bleach my eyes! <laughs> I have no idea why I headed down that path. <laughs> it's I, at the moment I was starting. I'm thinking I'm not sure how to get out of this now. So. Just, just do what I always do. Keep the mouth going, and it, how bad can it get? And the answer was quite. <laughs> yeah, maybe we want to take that again. <laughs> yeah. Scotty, if, if people want to talk to you this week about <laughs> about luring you into Swift UI, how might they do that? They can do that at the place with innocent messages on the place of purity known as Twitter. <laughs> okay, there. Where, where I can be found as Mac Devnet. And John, when people want to, to also bow down, to you and and pay homage to your swift ui excellence where should they do that <laughs> well i don't think they should bow down on that yet they, they might bow down to my perseverance uh with ui kit and and swift ui but you can find me in the place where all compromise takes place and uh, that would of course be twitter where you'll find me as djembe that's a dj e-m-b-e like the west african drum so very quick question john we're a bit late because uh we missed last week but um did you buy anything after last week's uh, announcements? Oh, uh, I didn't, but I, I kind of want to buy a, a new iMac because I think they're pretty cool. Um, but I'm still holding out for for a fast laptop, a true pro yeah, M1. I think I think what we've seen I think what we've seen now with the M1 chip, let's not go into this too big, is what I'm calling all. They've now released a whole range of consumer level machines, so the iMac, the the Mac Mini. Uh, the, uh, the the small um, MacBook Pro and the um, uh, MacBook Air, and then now we're moving to the second half where we'll start seeing the Pro machines, which I'm going to assume will have the next version of the chip in. So we're going to see the 16-inch MacBook Pro, hopefully with that beautiful screen we see on the new iPad Pro, and um, uh, a 27-inch iMac, and who knows what they're going to do with the Mac Pro. So I think you know the. I, I, the iMacs are beautiful. My 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 concern is um, that, like on the iPhones, they're going to release the 27-inch what they're called maybe Pro versions of the iMac, and they'll all be dull colours and not the nice colours, just like they do with the phones. But there we are. I'm sure we can moan about that when it happens. So there we are. But they're nice. They're you know they're tempting. I just like to buy one to put in the corner of the room because they look pretty. But that is a little bit excessive. I have to be honest. But there we go. Right, thank you very much for listening, everyone. I hope you uh, have um, spent all your money on things from the uh, last week's uh, announcements. And sorry we weren't here to give you the in-depth coverage you're used to. Oh, no, we normally don't even talk about it, do we? Never mind. Okay, but thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time. You take care.